0: Well, greetings, all of our family and friends. We want to welcome you to our Freedom Global Prophetic Podcast. I'm your host for today, Apostle Nathaniel Leon. I'm excited to be with you. We believe God is going to speak uh, in a supernatural way today. So I'm going to give you just a minute to join in. And uh, if you can, while you're coming in, I'm going to ask you again, if you would do that work of the evangelist, What is the work of the evangelist to share the good news of Jesus Christ and to help uh, share the gospel of the kingdom? So we're going to prepare for the word in just a moment. But as you're coming in, just uh, make sure you greet us. Let us know where you're watching from. And we're going to pray that God's grace would abound toward you and toward all that concerns you and your family. So let us know where you're joining in from. I'm doing the same. I'm hitting that share button, I'm hitting that like button I'm praying that the grace of the presence would go forward And that the podcast would be one that releases grace and wisdom Good afternoon, God bless you, Ada, welcome to the podcast Sister Melissa, blessings to you, Uh, so glad you're with us Uh, We're excited about what the word of the Lord is going to be today, and we're believing that God is going to speak to our hearts in a powerful, powerful way, so let us know where you're joining from, Julie, so good to hear hear from you, welcome to the podcast from Orange County, Uh, Nicole, Shalom to you as well, grace and peace over you and your household, Uh, We're praying that God's grace is abounding. Riverside's with us from Sister Melissa. Isabel, blessings to you. Sister Eunice, thank you for being with us. Uh, We believe God is going to speak in a great, great way, and we're excited to be on the podcast today in anticipation for what the Lord would say to us and also how he would move in a great, great way. So thank you for joining us. I'm glad you're with us. We're going to start with a word of prayer uh, Laverne so good to see you welcome to the podcast Robert thanks for being with us Sandra thank you for joining us again I'm going to ask you to do that work of the evangelist what does the evangelist do we share the good news of Jesus and we help cause the gospel of the kingdom to be preached in all areas for the name of Jesus to be exalted so let's prepare for that and thank you for joining us sister Valerie we're going to start with a word of prayer going to ask that God's grace would just fall on this podcast, that we would hear from him and gain wisdom, instruction, revelation, and be transformed in a mighty way. So let's just start with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you today and we thank you for your goodness and your mercy. We pray that the wisdom of God would come upon this podcast, that as we're here today to exalt you and lift your name, We ask you to be lifted up in everything that we're doing. Open up our ears to hear and hearts to discern the word of the Lord give us wisdom and the mind of the spirit to see and to hear by your revelation. I ask you now that every bondage, every restriction, every attack, every lie of the enemy would come under the yoke of the word of God and that we would be revived and awakened to know your purpose, to walk in the calling of God and to embrace what you've ordained for us to walk in. Thank you that you're causing light to shine in the midst of darkness. I'm going to ask you to pray a minute if you're on the line and are in need of a healing anywhere in your body, I'm inviting the miracle working power of Jesus to touch to heal, to deliver. I'm praying that breakthrough would come for you, your house and your generation, that the favor of God's presence would abound and that you would hear from him in a mighty, mighty way, that burdens would be destroyed, that yokes would be removed and that the grace of the presence of God would hit your life in a supernatural way. Speak to our hearts, minister to our spirits that which is good and well and cause the glory of your presence to rest on this podcast. I ask this now, according to the working of your power in Jesus' mighty name, somebody say amen. Welcome, Dana, to the podcast. Kathy, welcome to the podcast. We're going to our key verse for today. Again, uh, our, our, our welcome to the Freedom Global Prophetic Podcast. God bless you, Anna Rosa, Rick and Savannah. Blessings to you, uh, uh, Sister and Brother Rose and Danny Bonet. Welcome to the podcast. Romans 8.21 tells us, because the creature itself shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. And one of our messages and one of our mandates, blessings, uh, of Florence, welcome to the podcast, is that we would see creation be delivered from bondage and corruption into glory that unlocks freedom that is stewarded by the sons and daughters of God. Now I must encourage you this glory that we are in pursuit of is a, it is an atmosphere. Old Testament, the glory of God was an atmosphere alone. It was an environment, it was a realm. It was an atmosphere that sickness could not stay sickness could not stay in. Disease could not stay in. Poverty. Glory is the manifested presence of God. In the Old Testament, that word is called kabode or kabod. It means the weight of God. I want to encourage you, there is a weight to God's presence that moves anything that is lot like his nature out of the atmosphere. That sick people cannot stay sick, that bound cannot stay bound, that broken don't stay broken. Because of the power and the presence of a living God, miracles begin to happen. The dead can be raised. The sick can be well. This is called glory in the the Old Testament is kabod, but the word glorious is rooted in the word New Testament word uh, in Greek. It is the word doxa. It is uh, the opinion, the view, the judgment of God, the decisions of God. And God's decisions are always right, but let me encourage you, God's decisions are always good. He desires goodness and mercy to overtake his people. He desires favor and grace to abound. It is the goodness of God. It is the judgment of God and the decision of God. That word judgments can sound scary at times, but let me encourage you, the judgment of God is a decree in the favor and on behalf of the people of God and against wickedness and against destruction and against the enemy's plots and plans. The word doxa is also the word orthodox where we get the word order. I want to encourage you, God wants to reveal his order, his arrangement, his design, his, his structures, his systems that when we put those heavenly systems into the earthly realm, heaven begins to invade the earth. I'm going to say that again. What we do is we build structures and systems, orders and arrangements. We we build patterns according to the word in the earth that remind God of heaven. And when we build systems in the order of heaven, heaven can invade the earth. We've talked about this before. Whatever God forms, he frames or whatever he forms, he fills. And whatever he feels begins to live. You find this in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. The Bible says, God took Adam from the dust of the ground. The word dust is the word mud. It is the Hebrew word must. Not just uh, uh, not just uh, sand or not just dirt. But the word dust is the word mud. You go back to verse 6. The Bible says, God took blessings by the way. So glad you're on the podcast. Uh, verse 6 says, there went a mist from the earth and watered the face of the earth. So God is watering the earth and when you add dirt with water, you have mud now. Mud becomes pliable. Verse number seven. I must encourage you. We must be pliable for the shifts, for the movements, for the changes that we are on the cusp of. We are on the precipice of the greatest outpouring of the blessings and power and demonstration of the presence. But there must be reformation that also aligns and and coincides with revival. I'm going to say that again. A revival has got a reawakening, a resurging, a a realigning a re, a rebreathing uh, or a breathing in again of breath into what seemed to be dead but with the breath of god coming upon people places and things what's dead is going to rise what's broken is going to be well bless you nina welcome to the to the podcast uh, god wants dead things to come alive god wants broken things to be restored god wants lost to be found but in order for there to be revival there must be reformation so god must must be allowed to form, verse 7, and the Lord God formed man from the mud of the ground. Now the water that we are, the dust that we are, must be watered so that it can be pliable and moldable. The Bible speaks of God being the, the potter and we are the clay, and He is molding us and forming us for the master's use. In order for us to be purposeful, we must be shaped and likened to the image that God made us to be. The nature of God, the character of God, the identity of God coming on us, the old us coming off, the new us coming on. So Genesis chapter 2, God is forming man from the mud of the ground. Then he breathes his his breath into the nostril. Now this word nostril in in the Hebrew here, It's not just nose, Genesis 2, verse number 7. It's not just a, a, a pathway. The word nostril is the Hebrew word af, nostril, nose, or face. So you can translate it. God breathed upon the face of Adam and Adam took the reflection of God. I want to tell you, God will breathe on what he's allowed to form. Verse number seven says, then what, what was breathed on became a living soul. So here is the pattern. First, God must water. First, God must water the earth so it can be pliable. First, God, see, if there is no water in the earth, the earth is dry and cracked and parched. But God watered the earth in verse 7, then verse verse 6, and then in verse 7, he begins to form from the mud of the ground. And the Bible says then the breath of God comes into what he formed and it begins to live. Go back to Romans eight twenty one. Let me encourage you. The glory, the word glory, then is the word doxa, where you get the word order or arrangement. I'm gonna encourage you, there is an order for your family. There is an order for your children. There is an order for your marriage. Bless you, Pastor Adrian. So good to see you. Our prayers are with you and your mother and the family uh, praying for you. Uh, There is an order to your church. There is an order to your business. There is an order to your personal life with God. And when we can get the order of heaven, we can get the breath of heaven. If we get the order of God, the form of God, the shaping of God, then we can get the breath of God. And if we get the breath of God, what is dead comes comes back to life. What is broken begins to be restored. What is pound begins to be free. What is, what is, what is impoverished begins to flourish. God wants us to flourish. He wants us to abound in the wisdom. The Bible says, according to verse 21, that there's something called glorious freedom. Liberty is the, is the Greek word freedom. And the word freedom means without, bonds without restrictions and the ability to operate in dumb it means the the word freedom means the decisions and the the power to make decisions after the spirit freedom isn't the ability to do what I want to do in my flesh freedom in the spiritual sense doesn't mean do whatever I want that's that's a desire of the flesh That's a deception. But I want to tell you, freedom is when we can fulfill the purpose we've been created to fulfill. When we can walk in the mandate of God. There's something called glory that releases liberty of the children of God that is in contradiction to what's taking place in the earth. Blessings, Morgan Garcia. Welcome. Sister Violet, welcome. Thank you for being with us. Brother Danny Bonet, welcome. Because the creature itself, I'm going to say that again, everything created has a self. Everything in existence has a being. The word creature is the word creation. Everything created has a being, autos, a self, themselves. So it has a purpose. The sun has a being. The earth has a being. The moon, the stars have a being. The car has a, a, a maybe not a soul, but a but a, an existence. See, God in the Bible, when the glory manifests, it fills places. It manifests on people and it also can inhabit things. You say, is that in the Bible? Yes, it is. The Bible says God's spirit got on a staff. This staff was called the staff of Moses and when Moses would lift up the staff it would operate as a type of Christ. Now, the staff wasn't Christ, but it was the word Christ meaning anointed word. It was the word. So when it was time to spread the spread the uh, the Red Sea, Moses lifted the staff when it was time that the, the snakes had bitten the people of God because they murmured and complained against God and against Moses. And the Bible says that snakes came, asked, uh, venomous vipers came to bite the people of God from the wilderness and they were dying. And the the Lord said to Moses, I need you to build uh, build a, a bronze statue and put it on the staff. And when you lift the staff, when they look at the staff, they will be made well. Praise the Lord. Uh, blessings are uh, uh, Pastor Jaime, it's so good to see you. When they see the staff, they will be made well. They will be made whole. They will be made delivered. He said, as the staff was lifted in the wilderness, Jesus said, so must the son of man be lifted. God wants to lift. Uh, Fasowa, welcome to the podcast. God wants to be lifted. So he inhabited things. See, the Ark of the Covenant was just a box. It was a box made to specific dimensions from a specific substance, but the direction didn't give it power. God's glory filling the box is what made the Ark of Covenant powerful. It was an inanimate object that could carry the the apron of Paul didn't have power of itself it was just an apron. It was just a handkerchief. But the Bible says through the aprons and handkerchiefs of Paul, they were taken from the body of Paul and many miracles were what were in the book of Acts. So these inanimate objects now could carry a measure of glory. So the glory will manifest number one uh, or number one on people. New Testament, it comes on men and women. Isaiah chapter 60 verse one says, uh, Isaiah chapter 60 verse one says, arise, and shine for thy light has come and the glory of God has arisen upon you. You are meant to be a New Testament Ark of the Covenant, a New Testament glory carrier. You're made to carry the glory. You're made to be a vessel. So it comes upon men and women. It comes upon generations, but it also can feel an atmosphere. Second Chronicles chapter 7, 1 tells us the book of 2 Chronicles says that there was an atmosphere so thick that the glory of God begin to fill the atmosphere. Second Chronicles 7 verse 1, when Solomon made an end of praying, after he finished praying, the fire of God fell from heaven and consumed the burnt offering. I'm going to repeat this to you. I'm not picking up an offering, but I am telling you the word offering means sacrifice. And when God's glory begins to hover, it looks for sacrifice. You see, Have you ever felt and sensed a strong power of God in a worship environment, in in your prayer closet? And that glory begins to hover uh, like Genesis 1 on the face of the waters. When the glory and the fire begins to hover, it's now looking for a sacrifice to consume. So now Solomon made an end of what? Petitioning, praying. While Solomon was praying from wisdom, what is Solomon known for? For wisdom. He asked God for wisdom. While Solomon made an end of praying, the fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled a house, which was an atmosphere. It filled the the worship center. Verse number two tells us, to the degree that the priests of the Lord could not enter the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled that atmosphere so strong. I would encourage you, God's glory can come upon people. It can be seen upon men, but it can also be in atmospheres so strong and so mighty and so powerful that supernatural signs begin to change the world around us. This is called the glory. I'm going to remind you again that the only answer for America is the glory. The only answer for South Africa is the glory. The only answer for the UK and London is the glory. The only answer for the seven continents of the world is the glory of the Lord coming upon Mexico, coming upon Asia coming upon Indonesia, coming upon Canada. God, the answer for humanity is not in my, the minds of men, it's not in politicians, nor is it in what we can create with our natural wisdom. It is in the glory of God manifesting on people, in places, and on things. The Bible says, the scripture tells us the glory was so strong on the Ark of the Covenant. The glory was so strong that they put the ark of God next to something, a, a God uh, a god called Dagon. And this God broke the hands uh, of this God called Dagon. And the fire of God confirmed. The Philistines took the ark. Go with me to First Samuel chapter 1, verse number 5. It says, after the Philistines captured the ark of God, they took it uh, from Ebenezer to Ashdod. The scripture says, uh, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 5, Uh uh-huh, and verse 1, God wants us to move, and after the Philistines took the ark of God, what was the ark? A box. It was a consecrated, uh, 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 inanimate object that God spoke the exact measurements the exact uh, substances to put in the box, the exact material for it to be made of. Verse 2 says, and when the Philistines took the ark of God, they brought it to the house of their God named Dagon. Are you listening? And so now the glory comes on men. It comes in environments, but it also can come on an inanimate Object on a vessel. You can consecrate vessels. You are that vessel. I am that vessel. We are those conduits that the glory of God wants to come upon. And the Bible says, verse two: The Philistines took the ark of God and they brought it into the house of Dagon. Now, they, Dagon is their god, and it also means fish, because in in the 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 uh, demonic realm or in the realm of the unbeliever, they will worship the creation above the creator. This is the issue. And when they, verse three says, and when, 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 and when they of Ashdod arose early in the morning, behold, Dagon had fallen on his face before the ark and took, they took Dagon and they put him back in his place. Let me, let me give you this, uh this key here. Never worship something you got to pick up. All right, let me encourage you. I would encourage you to be very careful of leadership. You have to raise, you have to pick up leadership should encourage you, leadership should build you, but it, when it comes to worship, you should never have to pick up your God off the ground, if you got to pick your God up, something wrong with your God, if you got to, see the Bible says that they put the Ark of God and Dagon in, the, in one temple, they came back the next morning and Dagon had fallen on his face and I want to encourage you, they found him prostrate and it seemed like this demonic force is bowing to the Ark of God and the Bible says they come, and they put him back up again verse number four says and they arose on the next morning behold Dagon had fallen on the ground again, and as the head of, uh, the head of Dagon and both palms of his hands were cut off upon the threshold, uh, and only a stump was left on him alone. So now they come the next day and not only had Dagon fallen over, his head was gone and his hands were cut off. I want to tell you, this is the power of the glory of God, that he's taking the head off of principalities of and powers and wickedness that is not of God and removing the hands. The head is the authority. The head is the headship. And the Bible says the hands represent the action, but also uh, the, 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 the false leaders, the false apostles, prophets, evangelists, leaders, and teachers, the, the witches, the warlocks, the systems that are not of God. God, his glory is coming upon people. It's coming into places, but it's also coming upon objects to where a bin of oil can start to reproduce after itself a a a a a a, a vat of uh, a vat of oil or a bin of flour can reproduce after itself a jar of oil can keep reproducing by its own self how is that possible unless god's glory can get on a thing Something made with hands can now become a conduit. The sword of Gideon was an instrument in the hand of a righteous man of God. The sling of David was used by the spirit of God. Uh, The the spear of the Benjamites never missed, the Bible says. They could hit a a gnat at a hair's breath. They hit the target every time because God was in the thing. I want to tell you, God wants to come on people, on places, and on things. Go back to Romans eight twenty one, And the glory of the Bible says will become weighty. The glory of the Lord will produce freedom in our generation that are demonstrated by the children of God. Go back to verse, stay there in 21. Because the creature has a self. Everything existed as a being and it's waiting on the sons of God to manifest. It will be set free. That word delivered means well. It means uh, brought into liberation. The word delivered mean there means eleutherio, to make free, to set at liberty, to be free from the dominion of sin, from the bondage, which is slavery. The word bondage is the word slavery. God wants to deliver. What One thing we found in every nation or city we go to in every state we go to we're, we're we've been traveling city to city, nation to nation, raising up altars. In South Africa, uh, we've been in Cape Town. We've been in. Uh, we're going. Uh, we've been in and are going back to and raising the altar to uh, Pretoria East, South Africa. We're going back there with our good friend uh, Pastor Vilmer Grove and Natasha Grove and the, the the church that is going through major shifts and movements in the Kingdom of God. We've been in London. We've been in Florida. We've been city to city, state to state in the United States. We're founding that each nation has a similar issue with corrupted leadership in different kinds of forms. Some are worse than others. Each nation, each city are dealing with the, an issue that the, the generation is tired of slavery. We are tired of things how they've always been. We've tired of things of bondage. We are looking for change and, and we're looking for politicians to bring the change. And one politician promises this and another poli- uh, promises that. But I want to tell you the only issue answer is the kingdom of God coming upon men and women of God the only answer is deliverance from the spirit of slavery again slavery is not new it's it's it started since the beginning of time when men begin to oppress other men I said it last week I said it before you were made for dominion but not dominion over other men and women you were meant to lead them but not dominate them you're meant to be leaders and lead them to Christ and they're to follow you as you follow Christ. You're meant to honor those you lead, but not to dominate, not to not to suppress, not to not to put under. I want to tell you God is looking to bring freedom from the bondage of corruption. I'm going to say that again, freedom from the bondage of corruption, which means again that God wants to raise up a generation that operates in glory. And it will only come by the glorious liberty of the children of God. The word, t- the word children, there is the word technon. It means offspring. It means the sons and daughters of God are about to rise. That are led by the Spirit. That are going to bring impact into cities and nations and regions. They're going to change the, the atmospheres around us. I want to encourage you. This bondage and corruption that has been taking place in the earth realm. This spirit of slavery. This spirit of delusion the spirit of of, of perversion, the spirit also of compromise. Let me remind you, corruption is not just perversion or wickedness. It is perversion and wickedness in leadership, in governmental spheres, in politics, in school systems, in education systems, in business arenas. But I declare in the name of Jesus, the Josephs are rising with power. The Daniels are rising with influence. The Esters are coming with favor. There are those who've been in the backside of the wilderness like Moses who've been warring, who've been fighting, who've been standing. But God says, I'm about to strengthen you and empower you to be light in the midst of darkness. And there will be a change. There will be a transformation, this bondage and corruption. I've also got to reinstate. They are talking now about another lockdown. I don't mean to alarm anybody. I don't mean to make any. They're talking about that you're hearing and you're watching these mandates, and it and it seems to always coincide with election time. I don't know about you, but I I understand there is a trend here and it doesn't have anything to do with public safety. It doesn't have anything to do with the the saving of people. And I wish uh, the governments cared as much as we, they claim to, but I want to tell you that God is looking to release a move of God and there are plans. The enemies have, I'm going to ask you to go with me to the book of Psalms chapter two. We're going to look at just a few verses. There are plots and plans of the enemy, but I want to tell you, God, is looking at these plans and laughing. Psalms chapter 2 verse 1, the Bible speaks of these plans. Who, why does the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? I'm going to say that again. Why does the heathen rage and why do the people imagine a vain thing? imagine something that doesn't have uh ideas Uh, have you ever wondered why the devil keeps fighting if he knows he's already defeated let me encourage you i would say the devil doesn't have that kind though he's heard the word maybe uh he doesn't have that kind of vision to know he's defeated it says the scripture says if if the devil would have known what he was doing he would have never crucified the son of glory He is operating in limited knowledge. He doesn't have unlimited knowledge. He's not everywhere at the same time. He is organized, there's a kingdom of darkness, but his power is defeated. The Bible says, why does the heathen or or the ungodly nations rage? And the word rage is the word uh, ragash. It means to conspire, to plot, or to plan. Why does the heathen conspire? Do they plot and they plan against the things of God or imagine the vain plan? So, why is the devil always making these plans in leadership? Have you ever wondered that? If he already knows he's defeated, why did he bother? He, may, he must not know he's defeated. Why, are the, why is he busy in governments? Why is he busy in the medical arena? Why is he busy in the education and the media streams? Why is he so busy making plans? And believe me, he is making plans. There are governmental plans. There are city plans. There are state plans. There are national plans. This demonic force, and they've imagined the vain thing. Look at verse 2. Here is what the scripture says The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel against the Lord and his anointed. I'm going to say that again. The kings of the earth, the rulers take counsel that means they take they take planning they they come together and they try to make a plan to bring darkness to the forefront. They try to make a plan to bring demonic forces into our schools, into our churches, into our homes, to strip us from liberty and freedom, to worship Jesus, to pray, to preach, to prophesy. The the only power, let me remind you, the only power the devil is afraid of is the power of God in the church of Jesus Christ. He's not afraid of good programs. He's not afraid of good things and doing good works. That doesn't doesn't bother him. Sinners can do that. Wicked people can do right things at every nine again. That doesn't move the devil. He's not afraid of our plans and our pro. He is afraid of the Holy Ghost on men and women that are full of the mind of God, that understand we're not getting ready to leave the earth until God says it's time to go. We're getting ready to take the keys of the kingdom and cause the gates of hell not to prevail. A people who know their God and those that know their God will do great exploits. Those that call upon the name of the Lord and those that call upon the name of the Lord he will show and mighty things that we don't understand he'll make us uh those who will lead and those who will build and those who will steward in our generation a mission and a mandate and God is looking to raise up that church that will cause the gates of hell to run that he gives them dominion the kings of the earth the unrighteous ones the rulers take counsel number one against God number two against his anointing I'm going to say that again the kings bless you brother Daniel so good to see you Uh, the kings of the earth they take counsel look at verse three they say let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us I want to tell you the church of Jesus Christ is the only power that keeps the antichrist spirit under subjection there is an antichrist spirit. This antichrist spirit is anti-God. It wants anything but Jesus. It doesn't mind other religions. It doesn't mind other worships. It doesn't mind other church kinds of structures, but it's against the church of Jesus because the church of Jesus uh, binds it. Bless you, Pastor Michelle. So good to see you. And Pastor Juan, the Lord bless you from Florida. It binds the enemy. The church, by, why? Why do we have to go to church every week, and why do we have to pray every week? And uh, what is—is is it doing anything? I want to tell you, the light is expelling the darkness. It may not feel like you're doing anything when the darkness seems to surround the light, but I want to tell you, the light is a compass to the earth. The salt is that which savors the world. And as long as the church is in the earth, the the man of sorrow cannot manifest. Thessalonians says there will come a great defection, a great, a, a great falling away that if it's possible, even the very elect will be deceived. A great deception will come. But those that love God and love the truth of his word will not be deceived, but will all will actually thrive in the midst of opposition. Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords, but here is what verse four says: He that sits in the heavens shall laugh. He I want to tell you, God is laughing at the plans of the enemy. Don't now this is hard to understand when we're looking at what's happening in schools. We have an education center here, and we just started this year. Uh, and we are teaching and training our children uh, not only reading, writing, arithmetic, science, those things are necessary. But we are in, right now developing systems to move them into destiny and the call of God on their life. The best gift we can give, I can give my children, is to guide them into their destiny. And Romans 8 29 says, We have a destiny. We were foreknown and we were predestined. We can put that up. Romans 8, 29, who he foreknew means he knew you before. You didn't just start 30 years ago, 40. You didn't come from your mama. You came through your mama. You were in God before the foundation of the world. He knew you and you knew God. You were chosen by God before the world ever existed. You were foreknown and the word no is not friendship. It is the word ganuxo, to know the way a husband and wife know each other intimately. Intimately, you were intimate with God before the foundation of the world. And because of this, you were pre-before-destined whom he foreknew he did predestinate. That means you got a destiny and a calling and a plan and a a, a purpose that God has ordained for you from before the foundation of the world. It didn't just get started. You didn't just come to the earth to fulfill uh, just by accident. You didn't come to the earth by happenstance. You came by the purpose and the plan of Almighty God. You were here for a reason. You were appointed by God to, to solve a problem in our generation. Whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of the sun. I I want you to get that statement in your mind. Your destiny is to look, to sound, to act, to operate just like the sun. To take on the reflection, to look like, to sound like, to operate like the sun. Your purpose and plan is to operate in deeper dimensions of glory and of power you were foreknown and predestined to be conformed to the image of the son the first son Jesus that he would be the first among many brethren i want to tell you he's not he is the only begotten but not the only and we are in the midst of, a, of now preparing curriculum and training to develop destiny in the generation to come, to give them their assignment, to give them their calling. That's what you're meant to do. That's what I was meant to do. That's right, Sister Violet. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven 11 says that, that I know the thoughts and the plans that I think toward you, says the Lord. God has plans for you. God has thoughts for you. God's created you in the image of God, in the likeness. Go back to Psalms 2 verse 4, the book of Psalms chapter 2 verse 4. Here is what the scripture says. He that sits in the heavens will laugh and the Lord will turn them into derision. The word derision means to mock, to deride, to ridicule, to mock, to stammer and he'll turn them against themselves. You see, when the enemy makes plans against God and God's people, the anointed of God, we seem like we're outnumbered. We seem like we're surrounded. We seem like the enemy is going to win on every side, but the Bible says God laughs at that plan and he will turn what the enemy meant for for evil, for good for us, but bad for them. See, it, it, it was meant for evil for us and God turned it for good and it was meant for good for them and it turned to evil for them. So God heaps on them what they reap on themselves. So the Bible says that they planned to to cause Mordecai to hang from the gallows and the same one that planned to hang Mordecai hung themselves. Haman hung on his own gallows. The people who planned to put Daniel in the lion's den and have the lions devour Daniel, they ended up in the lion's den themselves. Are you listening to me? The Bible says that they tried to burn uh, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego by fire. But the strong men were the only ones that were burned by fire. Who is the strong man? The strong ram represents those in that season. God is going to turn this thing. You say, how is it possible? Sir, they are lying. They are cheating. They are trying to lock away good people who are trying to help America because of an election coming next year and they don't want it to happen. There are elections coming in your nation and there are demonic forces that want leadership and want rulership and want headship. But I declare the church when we pray and when we fast and when we cry out to God, he turns what the devil meant for evil around. He that sits in the heavens will laugh and he will turn them to derision. Verse 5 says, then he will, then shall he speak unto them in his racks and vex them in sore displeasure. Now God is warring against the enemies of the purposes of God verse 6 says, yet I've set my king upon my holy hill in Zion. That is the mountain of the Lord. That is a holy place where worship is to flow from perpetually. Zion represented the place that David built for 24-7, seven day a week worship. And while there was worship in Zion, there was victory in Israel. While there was worship in Zion, there was abundance in Jerusalem. Zion is different. It's a place that's set apart for the perpetual worship of God in all places. And the Bible says there is a king that manifests. And I will declare the decree, verse 7, Among them, thou art my son this day, I've begotten you. Look at 8. Now the Bible says the king is risen. Zion is in position. God is now scattering the nations. Scattering the the nations that have uh, come against the purposes of God. And look at verse number 8. Ask of me, the Lord says. Ask of me. And I will give you the heathen, which is the Greek word, the Hebrew word, nations for your inheritance. God wants the church to inherit nations. This is not figurative. This is literal. I'm going to say that again. The glorious liberty comes from the children of God being in position to steward nations you say well I don't know apostle uh if that's for me I'm just a lowly Christian I'm just trying to make it to heaven you were not saved to go to heaven alone we are going to heaven when the trump sounds after we've received the harvest in the earth but after we go we're coming back you read the book we don't stay gone we go for a supper and we come to return and to rule and reign in the earth and God recreates new heavens and new earths. and we turn the the, the the earth and the all the universes to uh, the kingdom of God are you hearing me? I would decree in this day verse 8 says verse 8 says ask of me I'll give you the heathen for your inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for your possession now there is dominion ruling in the, in the power of the Spirit. Verse 9 says, thou will break the rod of iron and thou shalt dash them into pieces. The rod of iron is the governing rod of oppression that wants to come over nations. This, I don't, I'm not saying that there are no viruses. They exist. They've made them in labs. I'm not getting into that. They exist. They they are out there. But the power of the blood of Jesus is greater than any virus, any sickness, any flu, any cancer, any AIDS, any disease. The blood of Jesus has power and trumps every virus. I'm going to say that the blood does this. And he says, I want to break the rod of iron. And so what they are trying to do is bring us under oppression and God is going to break their rod of iron, their rulership of iron. It will be broken into pieces and dash them like the potter's vessel. What is trying to, the antichrist? It's so how do you know what's antichrist? Apostle number one, the number one way you know what is antichrist it is anti bible. Whatever is anti bible is, and how do you know? No, 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 no. Is it anti-Bible? Is the politician Bible or anti-Bible? I don't know. He's white. He's black. He's yellow. He's red. He's polka dot. It doesn't matter what color he is. Well, I'm brown and he's brown. So I'm going to go with the brown one. I'm black and they're black. I'm white and they're It doesn't matter what color they are. Are they for the Bible? The number one way to know, are they Bible literate? Is Is the Bible alive? Is the Bible what they stand for? The morality and the moral compass of the Bible, the truths of the Bible is the bible being built upon or is the bible tossed aside is it antichrist uh, w- w- which is anti bible are they are they for the sanctity of marriage between a man and a woman are they for the unborn in the womb are they for uh, are they for the legalization of drugs and alcohol or are they against it you just got to hear the Holy Ghost and it doesn't mean everyone's perfect but you've got to judge and measure and pray according to the measures of Christ doesn't matter what they look like outside if they're smiling and they're using the media to twist lies because if you don't have the Holy Ghost you can't tell up from down there's a spirit of deception is there an an accurate demonstration and a founding on the Word of God which is the Bible is your preacher, is your, is your le- are the leaders you're listening to online. Bible sound and Bible rooted is at the foundation of what we're moving to fulfill. The scripture, the best way to know it's the word and the spirit and the spirit will bear witness with the word and the word will bear witness with the spirit. Verse 10 says, be wise now, O ye kings and be instructed and, and judge or govern the earth. We now become kings and priests. Now we say, wait a minute now. Now God is dealing with earthly kings who are not after the nature. And there is one king, Jesus, that rises. But if you read Revelation 1, verse number 5, the Bible calls Jesus the prince of the kings of the earth. I'm going to read this to you. There's one king that rises in verse 6. Then verse 10 says, now get up, kings in the earth. Is it one or is there many? There are many and he's made us to be kings and priests unto God forever. Go back to verse 5. We are kings and Jesus Christ, a faithful witness, the first begotten of the dead, the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us with our us from our sins in his blood. Well, who is this? This is the believer. You say, well, it doesn't sound like it. Go to verse 6. It says, now he made us priests and kings in uh, the Bible says to God be glory forever and, and dominion he made us priests and kings go back to verse 5 Jesus is the pri- is the prince of the kings of the earth well who is that that is the people of God revelation 5 verse 10 says revelation 5 says you are kings and priests he is making a nation of kings and priests he's making and you made us unto God kings and priests, and we will reign in the earth. Your area of dominion is the earth realm. That's why the devil is fighting it. And that's why religion has told you to forsake it. There's a false doctrine of escapism that has been preached as long as I've been in the church, more than 40 plus years of being in the church, listening to these messages of we're leaving and let the devil have the world and all this misinterpretation. And well, we are preparing. Uh, there are churches that just jump and say, let's prepare to rapture. And they jump, rapture, check, rapture. And they're getting ready to go. And we're not we're not being excellent. We're not creating systems. We're not building wealth. We're not taking care of education. And the salt and the light hath withdrawn. And when the light withdraws, the darkness takes over. And that's what we're seeing. When the light withdraws, and the light recedes the darkness comes unabated. when the salt refuses to savior, it therefore becomes good for nothing, therefore to be trodden under the, the feet of men. now we're under the dominion of men not because we don't got calm, not because we don't have the Holy Ghost, we don't have the right mandate. what is the mandate to, to be salt and light in the earth? We're to occupy till he comes. The word occupy means to take authority. the word occupy, it means to operate in in power it means to hold it means to steward it's a it's a military term luke 19:30 excuse 19:13 jesus called his ten servants and delivered to them 10 pounds luke 19:13 he called his servants and delivered them 10 pounds 10 pounds 10 weights He's going to deliver weight to us, glory, fire, power. And he said to them, occupy until I come. Don't just wait till I come occupy what is the position of the church that sh- we should have been in for 2000 years occupation mandate not evacuation mandate we're preaching evacuation mandate you say why don't we leaving an apostle look at look, look at the school apostle look at the drugs apostle look at the wars and the rumors of wars apostle look at the famines look at the earthquakes look at look at hurricanes coming on the west coast not just on the east look at different places that aren't having earthquakes they're having earthquakes you're seeing the end yes the Bible calls it the beginning of labor pains the beginning of labor pains it's the beginning we're going to birth the sons of it. this is a sign for the sons and daughters of God to get ready to be influencers to get ready to take over bless you pastor Matt to get ready to walk in authority to get ready to walk in dominion to get ready to to lead things and to govern things and to steward things. not get ready to evacuate we've been getting ready to evacuate for 40 50 60 100 years And yes, he's coming for us, but not till he comes through us, not till he gives the church the keys of the kingdom. And the gates of hell do not prevail, but they run. He's not coming back for a defeated church. He's coming back for a glorious church without spot. I'm in Ephesians now. Without a wrinkle, he's coming back for a powerful bride that has put the devil under the yoke of the kingdom of God because he's already defeated. Occupation. Bless you, Pastor Lorraine. So good to see you. Occupation is the mandate. It is the word pragmatumahe. Pragmatumahe. It means to occupy, to carry business or to, to or to occupy militarily. Occupation means do business, kingdom business. I must be about my father's kingdom business. I've got to take authority. But occupy also means when there's a military force that comes into a land that is not theirs. They occupy it by military might and they take dominion and they bring that that realm or that city under sub, uh, uh, to become subject to the king or the kingdom they, they represent. And one of our charms is to occupy till he comes not evacuate occupy to be men and women who operate in a realm of authority in a realm of dominion in a realm of power verse 10 psalms 2 so the one king in verse 6 begins to raise up many kings If you look in your Bible, hold that verse there. Rome began to use this mandate. It's called King of Kings mandate. It is a model of kingdom that the Roman Empire used. And Pontius Pilate and Herod were little kings under the big king. I'm going to say this again. Pontius Pilate and Herod were little kings, bless you Amelia, so good to see you sister, sister Gloria welcome, Caroline welcome, they were little kings and they, they were to report at least once a year for something called ecclesia, they were to go back to Rome and to give an account of their kingdom, little kingdom, little area that they were studing to Caesar who took on the king over king's mandate, So Herod and Pilate were little kings. They ruled little, they were called governors and they ruled and they governed their little region and they were responsible to keep order, to execute the will of the king of kings and to make sure they're fulfilling the assignment that was handed down to them by the king over kings. And God said, I am king over kings and I'm trying to make kings, but my church won't be a king. I'm trying to build priests and my church don't want to be priest. I've made them kings and priests and they're meant to rule in the earth, but they're trying to go back to heaven. You see, when a son of God is in heaven, they're a prince. But when they are sent to the earth, they become a king. You see, uh, we've talked about this before, that in order for there to be a king in a a place, uh, that king must have a domain. A king needs a kingdom domain. So a king will rule in his domain. And when the king dies, he passes the kingdom to the prince. Now the prince becomes a king. Here is the problem. Our king never dies. In God, in heaven, God is ruling and reigning forever. So there's a problem. In heaven, we are princes. Listening. But in heaven, we are subject because you can't have more than one king in one domain to, that are ruling. So God, in order to bring a prince into his kingdom while the king is still alive, he's got to send him to another land to conquer the land and bring that land into, into colonization and subject to the ultimate kingdom. So when God sent you here and sent me here as a, as a prince, now the prince must move into royalty, into rulership. But I say that the heir, as long as he's a child, is no different than a slave, even though he's Lord of all. I'm talking your Bible to you. I'm in Galatians 4 verse 1. You're an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus. That means everything God has, you have. That means everything Jesus has, you have. That means If you're a joint heir, it means those that are married, those that have a joint checking account, everything in the account is both of ours. All that he put in there, Jesus, I can access if I'm a joint heir. I'm in the book of Romans now. You're joint heirs, but read this. Go back to Galatians 4 verse 1. You were there. Now I say the heir, as long as he is immature, is no different than a slave. And this is where we've remained for thousands of years, millennia have gone by. And the church has not known their assignment, not understood their assignment, not operated in enough maturity to realize thy kingdom come, thy will be done in the earth as it is in heaven. For the Bible says the heir, the inheritor, you and I, Galatians 3 says we are joint heirs with Christ. When we're dead and buried, we rise with Christ and everything he has, you have. And everything he is, you are. You're one with him. Bone of his bone, flesh of flesh, the two become one. The problem is we won't receive it. We won't accept it. It's too good. It's too powerful. How can I be a king? How can I be a ruler? How can I be a head? I know the Bible tells me. uh, The Bible says, how can I move mountains with my words? How can I cast out devils? How can I heal the sick? How can I raise the dead? He says, I freely gave it to you. So freely give. You freely received, freely give. How do you give it? You receive it. How do I give that? I I don't do it. I receive it and I give what I've received. Back to verse 4, verse 1, chapter 4. The heir, as long as he is without maturity, is no different than a slave. What is the bondage about? What is the bondage about? Slavery. And the Bible says all of creation will be delivered from the bondage of corruption. Corruption is about slavery. Corrupted minds, corrupted ideas, corrupted identities. So God has to raise up a Moses. And two years he was risen, rose by his mama. And he got the foundation. 38 years. 38 years. Bless you, Pastor Ralph. So good to see you. Uh, for, for two years he was risen by his mama. The wet nurse, Jacobed. 38 years he was trained as a king. 40 years he was prepared in a wilderness. That's 80 years. For 40 years he walked with them. That's 120. Moses died at 120. And so God must take a king who was rooted in, in the Israelites. The na- he took a Hebrew and made the Hebrew be trained as a king to rule because God wants a nation of kings and priests. But I say the heir, as long as he is immature and without knowledge, we're destroyed for lack of knowledge is no different than a slave. What we don't know is killing us. What we don't know is hurting our family. I'm out of time. I've got to quit. Here is what the scripture says. Though he be Lord of all, I want you to get that in your spirit. The heir, as long as he is immature, is no different than a slave, even though he is the Lord of all. Well, if I was to tell you who is Lord of all, we could say Jesus. I'd write it 10 times. I'd high five. I'd shout, oh, yeah, he's Lord of all. But this is not who he's talking about here. Because Jesus is Lord of all, I will say amen. But when you become a joint heir with Jesus and you become one with Jesus, everything Jesus has, you now have. So he's the Lord of all. Guess what? He's also making you Lord of all. I know that sounds heretical. I grew up in the church where we're just wretches. where it's just wretched, vile sinners, barely making it by amazing grace. That's not the Bible. Verse 2 says, but you're under tutors and governors until the, until the appointed time of the father. Now there is tutorage that should be happening. There should be process that happened. You're now under tutorage, which is training and governance. Now they're being governed. And, and see, a king must learn how to be subject under godly authority so that when God gives you the kingdom, you rule the kingdom under the heavenly authority. Because once you step into kingdom authority, now you've got to be ruled by the authority of heaven. But before you ever rule under the authority of heaven, you've got to be faithful under the authority of men and women that God put over you. I know you don't like that. I know people don't. There is this heresy in the earth that there is no covering and there is his heresy. There was another heresy a few few months ago. There is no tithe. They're, They're trying to dismantle. They can be a prophet all they want, but they can be under deception. Covering is a spiritual umbrella. Where is it in the word? Elijah covered Elisha. That was a covering, a father. He called him father. It's it's common sense. Your mother and father are your covering. They cover you. And the Bible says in Genesis for this purpose, shall a man leave his mother and father and be joined to his wife. And now they make their own covering. This is what the devil is after. Dismantling the family to dismantle the covering of family. So there's a spiritual covering that keeps you and protects you. It's the power of what was on Moses that came upon the children of Israel between covenant and the enemy wants to dismantle that to make us believe covering doesn't exist. So that we live without accountability, we live without stewardship, we live without counsel, we live without spiritual umbrellas over our mind and our spirit. That is a, a work of rebellion and that is a sign of people who are not mature and don't know God and don't hear his voice. It I a, dece- I don't need any covering. I don't need any accountability. I can do what I want. I can come. It is a spirit of iniquity, which is, which is rooted. The word is lawless. It is a lawless spirit to say, I can come and go as I please. I can do whatever I want. And, and God doesn't, it doesn't bother God. I don't need accountability in the earth. It's a deception. A tutor is a trainer, is an instructor. A governor is an earthly authority. The Holy Spirit is the tutor. God put you under an earthly governor until a time appointed of the Father. Bible says, verse number three, even so we, when we were children, were under the bondage of the elements of this world. You understand he's relating this grace of the Spirit that we were this, we are this until we step into the stewardship. Let's finish this. I'm going to conclude with Psalms chapter two, verse 10, be wise. Now, therefore, King's wisdom. What will this kingdom operate on? Spiritual wisdom. Amen. Bless you, Anthony. Spiritual wisdom, spiritual knowledge. Bless you, Sister Lisa. Laurie, bless you. Spiritual knowledge, be wise. This wisdom that Solomon had to steward and to build systems and structures. To build and to create things that only God gives us wisdom to build. Be wise, O kings, and be instructed. I've got to be instructed. Holy Ghost, teach me what I need to know. If give me and send me leaders to help me learn. Be wise. How? By being instructed. A king doesn't need to learn, that's a deception. A wise king will, will understand the need for instruction, even when they're in authority. You are the judges of the earth, the kings, the stewards of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Verse 11, serve the Lord with reverence. Rejoice with a fear, a healthy reverence of God. There's, there's been such a lack of the fear of God in church leaders In governors, in mayors, in presidents, in prime ministers, in senators, in heads of state, in congressmen, in in politicians, in businessmen. When you lose the fear of God, Joseph said, how can I do this to my God? How can I not fear God? God is watching. I can do whatever. No, ma'am. No, sir. You have a God who never sleeps or slumbers and you love him and the blood is there. The blood is there to forgive us, but shall we continue in sin that grace may abound, God forbid. Verse 12 says we serve with, 11 says we serve with fear and trembling. Verse two says kiss the son. Intimacy is the only way that we will not perish and we will not go into the wrath. Blessed are they who put their trust in the Lord. I'm going to pray with you. I'm out of time. You're listening to me. God wants you to realize that you were made as sons and daughters of God to stand in the gap. 2024 in America is an election year, a national election year. And there are principalities at powers and wickedness in high places who will do anything. I said anything. I said anything to keep the demonic forces in power, to continue the Antichrist agenda, And what does the church do? Number one, we hear the Lord and we are obedient through fasting, through praying, and through worship. What do we do? Well, what good is that? It's not a natural battle. Yes, there are elections. And yes, there are are earthly things happening that must be looked to. But the answer of everything natural is in the spirit. What started the world? The spirit. Before the earth ever existed, it was spirit. Spirit. What will be after the world? The spirit, it's eternal. So you've got to go to the spirit to bring these demonic forces subject to the name of Jesus and the power of the spirit. I've got to pray with you. I'm talking to leaders in this room. To prayer warriors. I'm talking to pastors and and to and to, to, to business owners. I'm talking to, to those who may be politicians and those who may be heads of companies and corporations that God wants to use you to change the world and everything in it. Bless you Anthony. God wants to use you. I need to pray. Heavenly Father in the name of Jesus we pray right now that the grace of your presence be on your people. We ask you to seal us and to anoint us for the purpose and the plan that you've created. I thank you that you are moving, that you are ministering, and you are strengthening us for the purpose of God. Lead us into the way everlasting. Cause the wisdom of your presence to be upon us and to give us understanding give us knowledge, to give us counsel, and to show us what you have for us. I pray now, according to your word, that the presence of almighty God would rest upon every hearer today, that they would realize they are made for occupation and not evacuation. They are heads and they are rulers and they are kings and priests unto God. They are heads and not tails. They are above and not beneath. They are blessed going in and blessed going out. They will prosper. They will be lenders and not borrowers. No weapon formed against them will prosper. For they are appointed to walk in the glory of the Lord. Raise up these men. Establish these women. And use them for the kingdom assignment to change their generation. I seal this over them now in Jesus' mighty name. If you agree, somebody say amen. Thank you for listening to Freedom Global Prophetic Podcast with Apostle Nathaniel Leon. Stay up to date with our latest episodes by subscribing on your favorite podcast app, YouTube, or by liking us on Facebook at This Rock International. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.